Welcome to Printing Profits. What's in a niche? Is it more about what you sell or who you sell to? Should you keep your appeal broad or specific? According to some experienced sellers, the right answer involves a bit of everything. Figuring out a niche can get tricky for new business owners, but once you've got one that works, running your own business starts to get a lot easier. Welcome to Printing Profits. I'm Talish Zuffer. And for my guest today, carving out a profitable niche has been no small task. Spider Perry is a queer and disability activist, blogger, public speaker, and author. They started their online and family-run store in 2016, catering to a queer and Jewish audience. And by 2021, their business had grown to even include their first employees. Now, their online store, Nerdy Kepi, isn't only a successful business, but also an inclusive space for their community to celebrate their identity without compromise. This episode is called To Niche or Not To Niche. Spider, thanks for chatting with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So let's talk about what got you into print on demand and what that journey has been like for you so far. So uh, I, I will be the first person to tell you, we kind of have been stumbled into where we were initially, right? Uh, it's only been in the past couple of years that we've really started to, I, I don't want to say do things purposefully, but really take a, a longer term view. Um, it, it kind of surprised me. Um, so I, I started Nerdy Kepi because I went actually to look and find, uh, I was looking at first for, for Kipo or Yamakas for my daughter that right. were trans pride stuff. And I, I couldn't find anything. And so I started making those. And then when I realized that I couldn't find this other thing, we started, you know, looking for ways to, uh, supply this thing and that thing. And, and, um, that was kind of what led me to print on demand because at the beginning it was literally, it was just me, right? <laughs> so it was me and my computer. And um, I was looking for a way to add more options to the things that I could carry um, while not adding to the amount of physical labor that I had to do. Right. Yeah. I was not able to, physically do all of the things that I might've wanted to do. Like I can, I can only knit so many things in a day. Yeah. I can only, you know, embroider so many things in a day. So what are the options for me there? Um, and I kind of stumbled into the world of, of print on demand. And once I realized that that was out there and that was an option for me, um, I really dove into doing a lot of research on okay well what's the best way to do this let me mm -hmm. join nine thousand you know facebook groups and forums <laughs> and watch all of these youtube videos right. and things like that and we started out with as a lot of people do with t-shirts and and mugs and things like that the very um basic i guess print on demand options uh and from there once we realized that things like um all of our print clothing and um, you know, house stuff were an option. Um, we began to slowly, you know, research and go, okay, well, what do we, what do we do? How do we add that? How do we make that work within our brand? And it just kind of started to snowball. Yeah. Um, for us, it was not only a way to expand when we had first, at first it was just me and then it was two people and, you know, we're six people now. 
Um, but at the time, you know, it was just this tiny little, you know, nugget of a company. Um, and yeah, it just kind of snowballing is really like the only way to sure. just kind of rolling Absolutely. down the hill and, and gathering momentum. Um, and as the, the brand and the, the, you know, customer base became more and more defined, um, we were able to add more and more options. And I think for us, the, the two things that have really made like print on demand, such a, a core piece of what we do and how we're able to, to serve the community that we, we serve and, and kind of be in that niche that we're uh, really talking about today is that because we don't have a minimum number of items that we have to get in any particular print or anything like that, mm. it allows us not only to be more like environmentally conscious in terms of, um, you know, I don't have to have 50 of these things sitting around. Yeah. If they don't sell, then they're a waste, which right. is a, a thing that our community is, is rather focused on. But also it allows us to really go very far into like some of the the sub niches in terms of like the you know we serve the the queer the lgbtq community well i i can make something that is targeted at like a very small like okay so this is someone who identifies as demisexual this is someone who identifies as aromantic we can get into those like very narrow little niches and have something for people who I never see my flag represented. I never see, you yeah. know, this, that, and the other, we don't have to stick to like the big three flags, right? right? We course. can do all of the little ones. And that has been become like a, a hallmark for us really that, yeah. that we will have, or we will make something in your flag for you. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's really been, a thing that has allowed us to continue to, to in that lane, right? Yeah. Because if I don't have to have 20, 30, 50 of a particular thing, then I, I, I have that option, right? Yeah. In a way that I would not have that option if I had to have 30, 50, 100 of, of that, you know, minimum order quantity. Sure. When you have that much success, though, I mean, and you've seen that kind of come out mm -hmm. in, in ways that you haven't expected from a business perspective, has that ever appealed to you where you thought, hey, if this has worked for my niche, can I expand to a more general audience? Or, or, or is it the opposite, where because it's worked so well, you kind of feel like, you know what, I want to insulate this. I kind of want to cater to the people who have made me what I am. Where, where do you go with that? So I, you, I think you could do either way, but I think that uh, I would want to be very careful, mm -hmm. right? to protect to insulate that niche because those are the people like i said those are the those are our best brand ambassadors those are the people who have loved us from the beginning and and have you know nurtured our business as we were like hey you contribute to our gofundme because our first embroidery machine broke and we have to buy a new one yeah you know um so you kind of want to protect that but at the same time um you know we we kind of like i said we started out with like a very, very small niche, right? We were, I wasn't just like, it wasn't just the LGBTQ community. It wasn't just the queer community. I was making things for queer Jewish people, which yeah. if you think like, <laughs> if you think that the LGBTQ community is small, like there's only like 1% of the population, 2% yeah. is Jewish. And then how many are, it, it, it was a very, very small niche. So we started out having to kind of break out of like this tiny, tiny little niche into a bigger niche, mm -hmm. right? 
and then go back further into the the newer niche that we had chosen. I think that um, it, when you come out of something like that, you have to not just go out to a bigger audience per right. se, but maybe go into a secondary niche because uh, we actually uh, have started branching out a little bit into um, about the next, it's next week. We are going to be launching a set of bags that we're doing for uh, Onyx Path Publishing, which is a tabletop role-playing game company. Oh, okay. um, and we're doing the bags for their, um, one of their books uh, that came out or is, is coming out. And we're going to be doing the accessories yeah. uh, that go along with that particular book release. Um, and we have a lot of patterns. If you look at the, the patterns and things on our website and the designs that are uh, pride, but also gaming, right? Mm -hmm. So like specifically uh, TTRPG stuff. Um, and so we've, we've kind of like added this other niche. So not everything in that gaming niche is necessarily pride related, right? right? Um, but there, that's a second niche that we've kind of added on that is like a, a puzzle piece locking into, yeah. you know, so we've added this second niche, right? But there's a lot of like, I don't want to say overlap, but it is interlock, right? Yeah. Because the uh, tabletop role-playing game community, especially in, in terms of the folks who are writing and publishing and, and stuff is very queer, mm -hmm. right? So you get that interlock and then you can add on other pieces right and we have um a lot of uh leftist political stuff as well right right again that's another niche that kind sure. of like links onto and that's kind of the way that we viewed it not as expanding necessarily to a wider and more general yeah. audience but let's add on all of these like uh complementary things yeah Just like like putting like putting together a meal on a plate right so oh, we have absolutely. our our meat you know, <laughs> which is our LGBTQ stuff and our queer stuff. And so, yeah. okay, let's add the potatoes. Let's add in the gaming stuff. Let's add in, you know, but it's not, it's not just expanding. It's adding on all these little pieces that then make a full, complete rounded meal. So well, that for us is, is the approach. It's kind of like this idea that I read about recently with business. It's like when you're expanding um, and you think about going more general, it's this idea where it's, you, you can kind of consider it as like vertical growth. When in reality, yeah. if you have a niche, what you should be doing is sort of expanding horizontally instead. So it's like mm -hmm. you said, it's like we have this mm -hmm. very particular niche, but here's some other really, uh, you know, some other sub niches that we can combine with that and we can add on, you know, ultimately in the end. So you're not sort of, you know, it is a broader appeal, but, but just not, it, I guess it doesn't get more general if that makes sense. It's just sort of like you're expanding no. the options of what you already yes. have available to you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and you can do that either by going to other niches yeah. or by expanding what you carry for the niches that you already Absolutely. have. Right. 100%. So, uh, like for us, we started, like I said, we started out with, um, the keep out the yarmulkes. We added on when we got our embroidery machines, we started doing um, patches like for jean jackets, which is very popular in our group, like where we were in the, the Philly area when we first started. Um, Cause we, uh, we vended a lot at the Trenton punk rock flea market, big shout out to those guys. They're fantastic and are a big part of like our getting started. Um, and so we went from that and then we started adding in like clothing and the last couple of years, we've really expanded a lot into like home goods, you know, getting all of those things so that, you, you know, you're, especially with uh, the pandemic and everyone spending a lot more time at home, 
well, people are going out, so they're mm. not buying, you know, a lot of clothing. Yeah. But they sure might like to have a really cool, snuggly blanket for when they're working on the couch. Yeah. You know, the, they want to have some cool coffee mugs. They want to have, you know, pillows, whatever it may be that will allow them to take all of these cool things that we make and and put them other places within their their life. Yeah. And so, again, like you find those complementary things. Either you're expanding into like another niche adding on those you know puzzle pieces or you're adding other things that are going to go along with sure the yeah. things that you already offer what i'm hearing here is that like I- i'm assuming all of this work that you've done with your store i mean this is this is a mm-hmm. lot of trial and error um oh yeah and you know I'm, I'm sure sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't but what would be your advice to somebody who has started a store that's committed to a niche, but they're struggling to get st- sales, you know? Well, I mean, have you been in that position? What, what did you do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, the, the first thing I'm going to say is that to make sure upfront that you have uh, built your pricing in such a way that you can comfortably run sales, mm. right? Um, because a lot of times, like, you may, you may need to to do that. It's just a reality, right? You may need to do the do the discount to to get a pop of sales, right? Sure. To if you if you've got any kind of toehold at all, um, I would say one of the big things is to look for different ways to engage your audience, right? Mm. And really figure out who your audience really is, right? Now, like we have really vibrant. Uh, small but vibrant social media you know we don't have a hundred thousand followers but what we do have is we have people who are very engaged with us right so we may only have five thousand followers here two thousand followers there or whatever but they are very engaged with us so i think the mistake that a lot of businesses make is they go in and everything is business right Right. and they want to figure out how to get people to buy from them immediately well if you look at our social media and the things that we talk about we are uh engaging with and and boosting other small small lgbtq artists like look at this pin that somebody else put out right this cool enamel pin look at this kickstarter for somebody else um and uh kind of engage with the the community as a whole um because if especially in some of these smaller niche communities right if you come in and are like, I would like your money, and that is the thing that I would like, <laughs> you're just gonna get well, you're gonna get rejected, right? And Absolutely, that's the yeah. biggest that's the big and no matter how cool your stuff is, you you come across as uh too capitalistic, too like focused on the the and I get it, we all wanna make money, but you need to engage with people at a, a community level, right? right? Um and I always say that um what you feed feeds you. Mm. Right. So we have a thing where like when we used to go to the Trenton Punk Rock Flea Market or other shows and things like that, you have to buy at least one thing every show. Mm. Right. Because what you feed feeds you. And so you go around and you're like, hey, you know, oh, I want to look at your stuff. It's so cool. Right. Um, And you look at everything. You meet everybody. You know, everybody. You find out what they offer. Maybe you want to do a collaboration with somebody, you know, and put out something cool together, or you want to, you know, just pick something up and you'll might have something from somebody else's booth at your booth. And you're like looking at it. It's really cool. And that kind of trade and conversation uh, 
really feeds everybody's awareness of who you are and and feeds that community and you can be like oh yeah man i got this really cool like you know i'm like looking around my office for something i bought at a thing um i have a, like a really awesome little battlestar galactica embroidered thing <laughs> like for somebody like you know yeah. it's awesome and i when i bought it it was sitting on our table at the show and people kept asking me where i got it i was like oh, i got it over there isn't this awesome i can't wait to put this up in my yeah. office and so that kind of thing where you're you're really building and engaging that community, um, what you feed feeds you, yeah. right? So um, I am constantly on our social media because this is like like that virtual version of that, you know, show sure. that you're at. Yeah. Um, saying like, here's here's the Kickstarter for, you know, gay breakfast new pin collection. This is amazing stuff. This is you know, this other company that we really like, this is their new thing, you know? Um, and, and, uh, here's also news, you know, unfortunately we know, uh, you know, not to get too far down a, a rotten, you know, line of, uh, conversation, but like, we, we know what's happening with the trans community in the United sure. States. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So we are talking about, uh, the things that affect us. Right. Um, and affect our community as a whole. Um, and we're also asking people to uh, bring resources and we're boosting those resources on our social media channels. Like, okay, for, for families who are trying to get out of Texas or people who are trans people who are trying to move out of Tennessee and, and yeah. get to the East or West coast or whatever, like those things that matter to your community are the things that you need to be engaging with and right. everything else will follow. Well, that's right? just exactly if you are what it engaging is. honestly with your community, yeah. everything else follows. Well, I want to talk about, you know, all these collaborations that you've had or designs that you've made. Sure. Have, have you ever been in a situation just out of curiosity where you've created sure. something uh, for the audience in your niche, uh, maybe a design or a concept where, you know, they, they weren't particularly fans of, you know, ha has that ever happened to you? Oh yeah. 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 A lot of times, like, I mean, we have launched things that I thought were going to be, amazing right and i thought this we're gonna we're gonna set the world on fire yeah. um and all the best intentions right didn't. yeah yeah right yeah <laughs> i was like oh i love this i love this pattern like we we made this one pattern that i thought was going to be like the coolest and nobody but me really liked it yeah. right so there is a constant like need to just keep trying things and and figuring out you know what really appeals and also what it is a brand defining kind of thing, mm. right? Um, a lot of our designs tend to be, they're big and bright and bold, but they're also, uh, we, we try to make our designs, most of them, things that it's kind of an, if you know, you know, right. yeah. queerness, yeah, yeah, right? Gotcha, yeah. Where if you don't know that the dress that you're looking at with the pink and white and blue flowers on it is supposed to be a trans pride dress, mm. uh, then you don't know. If you don't know that the leggings with the hot pink and purple and blue pattern on them is supposed to be a bi pride thing, then you don't know. And yeah. a lot of people will kind of get away with uh, wearing those things to work because of that strategy. Right. Mm. So, the the times where we've had things that we put together that really flopped have been the times where we didn't really adhere to this brand that we had kind of accidentally created right wow. um i made a lot of cute like the little cutesy 
small prints like it was like music notes and little hearts and little stars in yeah. like this all over print pattern right yeah i was like oh this is great people are gonna love them they can wear them to work and people like it was just crickets you know wow. a, a few people bought them yeah but it was it was crickets for the compared to our usual patterns i'm like <laughs> what's going on right and I, I i went to my brother i went to jake right my, my brother who's our, our ops lead and he's like yeah i think it's because they're nothing like our usual patterns mm. like if you look at our usual patterns like we had these chunky floral prints and like you know goofy big like we have one of our most popular prints are uh, is a cartoon capybaras yes i've heard wearing of this, yeah. pride yeah wearing pride flower crowns i love that yeah people love it right <laughs> but that's nothing like cutesy little music notes sure and uh but the flip side of that is that sometimes things will take off that yeah. you did not expect and you're like what what just happened here yeah and you have to kind of take a step back and go okay what what did we what lightning did we catch in a bottle that yeah. this went this way um and the the flip side of that for in that case was for example we we made a print that was uh bats right yeah. it's these like uh oh it's like a 19th century engraving mm -hmm. of like bats and i just made a repeating pattern out of it and it was pride colors and i put it on some stuff and like a tiktoker bought one of our dresses and was like guys check out this dress these bats are trans right <laughs> And all of a sudden, like, I was like, what happened? Like our shop just blew up. Yeah. And we, we were like, why, where are all these orders coming from? Like, I'm not complaining, but where are all these orders coming from? And like our, our, you know, my email was just like ping, 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 like all morning. And we're like, what's going on? Somebody messaged me like, did you see the Dakota like recorded a thing about your dress? And like, oh, well that, that explains that why all of these. Yeah. That's that's where all these and we I think we did something like twenty five thousand dollars that weekend in three days. Oh my goodness! You know, and it's never like that, yeah. right? It's uh, you know we we do well, but we don't do twenty five thousand dollars in three days, right? Yeah. So things will flop and things will take off that you never expected, and you kind of just have to learn to to surf that wave because yeah. it's it's going to come, it's going to go. And you're going to have to just figure out like what, what hits. And even if you do everything exactly the same the next time, yeah. it may not happen that way again. Yeah. And you just got to keep, you know, throwing the spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? It's like the, it's, it's like the benefit comes from actually committing more to the niche that you're in, yeah. but also sort of like leaving room for like growth a little bit. Like you have yep. to experiment, but just, you know, kind of keep your eye on the prize, I guess is what I'm hearing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you, the better of an idea you get of who you are as a brand and who mm -hmm. your community is and who you're serving and why you're serving that, yeah. right. The more you're going to be able to play around with and, you know, enjoy the things that you're doing. Right. Um, uh, and, and people will start coming to you for things that fit that niche and you'll be able to go, okay, yeah, that works. And, and it decide like, even like, uh, like we do custom work as well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just do whatever the custom thing is. And sometimes I'll go, you know what? I really like that. I'll do it in all of the, like we have 10 standard flags that we do for every design, right? Yeah. Like, well, I, will I do that for nine more flags? You know? Yeah. Um, 
we had somebody who uh, I'm currently working on a, a pattern similar to the capybara's pattern, but with lemurs because she oh. really wanted a lemurs design, right? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's really cute. You know what? I think once I finish this for her, mm-hmm. I'll do that in the other flags and we'll put that out, right? Yeah. Because I think that will match our niche. And I, I think that'll probably sell, but I guess we'll find out, yeah. you know? <laughs> But since I have a good idea of our customers and what they like, it allows me to play a little bit more, sure. you know? Okay, so the jellyfish pattern worked, but the tardigrades didn't, yeah, right? right? The water bears didn't. So, okay, so we'll try this next thing and, and you just kind of keep going. And, and it is a process of refining over time. I love that you said that. I'm, I'm st- suddenly starting to regret that I don't have enough tardigrade you know, themed clothing in my scene. I need more of these water bears, you know? It's a cute pattern and I really like it, but I'm it hasn't it. taken off the way that I thought I'm it would. I mean, it. people hey. love the bats, yeah. you know? We we actually, we get a lot of um, folks who are, are very science oriented, yeah. uh, who love all of these little niche, you know, um, things. We have like stuff that from the, um, the JWST, the big space telescope, we've got yes. public domain images from there and modified those. And, you know, uh, we have a very small astronomer con- I, and I'm not joking, professional astronomer contingent among our fans who just, they loved it when we, we launched that thing, you yeah. know, our galaxy print is huge. Our, you know, we have science teachers who come in and, you know, they're like, Oh, you have a new, you know, DNA print. I'm going to grab that immediately, whatever it is, yeah. you know? And who knows, man? Yeah, you just not? you just never know. Just never know. You talked about elevating voices, you know, getting to know your community as a big part mm-hmm. of how you market and how you just expand your your products. But I'm wondering, is there a way, are, are there other things that people should be considering when it comes to marketing to a target audience in a niche, aside from elevating uh, voices, aside from just getting to know the people? What are the things that should we be considering? Sure. Um I think that uh, you need to like start reaching out to other uh, sub niches, I guess, in and of themselves to cross promote, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, coming up in the next couple of months, um, I'm going to be, um, we're going to be advertising on um, three different podcasts um, within our community. Um and one is a, an actual play TTRPG podcast that has a lot of LGBTQ folks on it. And we've worked with them before. And through working with them and advertising with them, um, we are going to be advertising on two more queer-oriented podcasts. One is a right. queer parenting podcast and another is a, a queer movies podcast, right? So we're taking our advertising dollars and we're spending them very consciously within the community Right. right. I'm not, I try not to just throw my dollars at, at Zuck and, and at Elon and, yeah. and, you know, advertise them. I mean, there is a space, right. For buying social media ads, but also I would say be very deliberate in putting those dollars um, in back into another angle of your own community. Absolutely, right. Yeah. Um, giving those dollars to a local you know, queer newspaper or um, doing some sort of collaboration with a a queer club. Um, We donate a lot of fundraising 
uh, items to queer proms to, yeah. you know, items like, you know, uh, the, when the William Way Center is fundraising in Philly, yes, here, take this thing and, and auction it off. And here's our name, right? Um, we just sent one of the uh, JWST image uh, lamps, that one of the little tripod lamps yeah. we got actually from Printify. Uh, went out to a, a queer prom in Philly and is going to be auctioned off wow. as a fundraiser. Oh, so like, you know, that's, we're giving back to the community, but it is also, you know, part of our, our advertising and part of our, you know, engaging with the the larger community. And yeah. again, what you feed feeds you. Like I, I can't say it enough, right? You go and engage with those groups, right? And you, give them what they're looking for sure. and they will give you what you're looking for. I want to talk about that. Uh, we were talking about your products uh, a little bit before, mm -hmm. you know, these leggings that you created and these collections and these mm -hmm. bags. Um, are there some ways, say, for example, if I had a store where I wanted to expand mm -hmm. my product offerings, but I was, I was worried that it would sacrifice its focus on, on my niche. Um, is that a relevant concern or for, for, like for you or, or like, is that a concern for, for that business owner should have when it comes to, you know, listing um, products on their store? I, I, I would definitely say don't box yourself in mm. so much that that is a thing that you have to worry about too much. Right. There is something to be said for having focus. Uh, we have a lot of a lot of products on our store, mm. but I think what makes it work for us is that our store is well organized and mm. easy to filter and things like that. So I I think that like because if you go out to our shop, you know you can uh, go into and say, okay, well I want to look at leggings, right? Um, and you can filter by how what size you wear. You can filter by what flag you want mm. um, or what pattern you think is interesting or whatever. And, and really like, you know, get down to what you really want to look at. So that sure. will allow you to have all of these different options, but then people are able to sort through it. Mm. Um, you can create paralysis of choice. That is very much a thing, right? What does that mean? Can you explain that? Sure. Paralysis <laughs> of choice is, is the, the, have you ever seen the, the, the TikToks where somebody has a basket full of balls and they just dump it in front of a dog and the dog just like freezes and it's like, uh, oh my God, that is paralysis <laughs> of choice. Right. Because there's so many good things that you don't know what to engage with first. Mm, right. And so when you are creating your store, not only do you need to work about on making it navigable so that you don't create that paralysis of choice. Um, but then also when you're working on your, your promotions on your, you know, seasonal stuff, that's when you take and, and focus on, okay, so this season, we're really going to focus on this new dress, right? This season, we're really going to focus on home and living stuff, right? We tend to every winter when, after we get past doing all of our Christmas stuff, we set up the spend your gift cards on stuff for your house kind of snugly cozy right okay so that's when we push our blankets and so we will create within shopify uh a collection for that specific purpose and that becomes the big thing that we push at that time so oh, then I you see. can have more options but each season or each event you're focusing on 
not just a new pattern, but a particular group of, of items right. that you are really presenting to your customers. And that becomes your, your front and center, right? Yeah. So you can have all of these options, but if you don't want to have paralysis of choice, you need to be very clear about your current messaging uh, as far as like, what's, what's the hot thing right now? Sure. Right? Timing your so products, you have like, yeah. Yes, timing your products is 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 super important. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's the way to avoid that. Mm -hmm. And and you you can choose to stay narrow if that's more comfortable for you. Right. Um, I have not found that to be particularly productive for me. Mm. You know, but it, it might be different with your niche. And and that's. That's something too. I think that like, I can't speak to every niche out there. So like if, if somebody's, you know, niche is bass fishermen or whatever, yeah. this, this particular set of advice may, may not be very useful at all. <laughs> and, and so my response to that is that you have to just kind of keep trying things yeah. and figure out what works for your niche and then tweak and perfect and continue to, you know, move on down the line and find what works for you, for your niche, for your group. Yeah. Uh, and don't be afraid to try things and don't be afraid to admit that the thing that you tried failed Definitely. or did, or wasn't as successful as you wanted it to be. Yeah. Right. So you, you have to be able to try those things and you have to be able to admit that the thing that you tried did not work, right? Well, that's not the that's, easiest that's thing for some people sometimes, you know, it's especially not. when you're invested in something like that. Yeah. It's not, it's yeah. not easy, but it's absolutely essential to sure. be able to go mm, that we, we tried it. Yeah. Didn't work out. We're going to do something else next time. Well, here's what I want to leave you with. Cause I, I'm, I'm curious about this. Cause you know, what I've been hearing this entire conversation is you found a niche, you, you worked on making it grow. You worked on making it develop, uh, developing the community around that niche. Um, what would you mm -hmm. say to aspiring entrepreneurs who want to start an online store, get into the print on demand game? They're having trouble figuring out how to narrow down that niche to be specific enough that they can kind of carve out a space for themselves. What would you say to them about what they can do to make the best decision about choosing the niche that works for them? So, I, I can say that what I did was I kept asking myself, what, what do I want that I can't find? Mm, right. Okay. And he, and, and what is it about that thing that makes it the thing that I want, but also what is it about that thing that makes it the thing that I can't find? Mm. Right. So for us, it was, okay, I, I can't find, this specific kind of like, if you know, you know, pride pattern that I could get away with wearing to work, you know, where maybe my boss is, is not very friendly to the community, sure. but I can get away with wearing it. So that, that was what we went with, right? Like, okay, you know, this is why I can't find it. Uh, and this is why I want it. Um, but also, I mean, try actually just asking the community, right? Yeah. We continue to engage in conversation with our community all the time. Like when we come out with new products and, and new ideas and things like that, um, 
we we will literally ask our customers like hey this this pattern like what do you want to see us put this on you know uh if we were going to go with a new animal pattern you know what what do you want to see from us right right um and also try to do stuff sometimes that is a little fun and playful and see where that goes hmm. with it like we kind of on the spur of the moment i don't know if, if you uh watched the last of us or have watched the last of us oh i've heard uh, okay <laughs> I'm so with, i'm guess my binge session i'm ready to do that yet but i've heard it okay so I'm, I'm gonna skate around this and try not to, Thank to spoil you. you or anything <laughs> like that uh but in season three there are season three in episode three there is a, a a gay love story okay okay and strawberries uh feature in this like it's very sweet you'll see when you get there mm -hmm. um but we decided that we were going to just kind of like on a whim, I was like, I'm going to make an enamel pin uh, for this. And then I was trying to like think, what, what can I do? What can I do? And there's a there's a trope called bury your gaze, B-U-R-Y, mm. um, which means like it the, because of the Hayes Code uh, in the U.S., uh, you never used to be able to have a queer character in media right. who didn't end up dying. Mm. OK, you get, uh, queerness had to be punished under the Hayes Code some way. Mm. So normally. Uh, gay characters or trans characters would die before the end of a movie. So bury your gays is a kind of tongue in cheek uh, way to discuss that. So we made a B E R R Y your gays pin bury oh, your gays, nice. which is a strawberry and it has a little like thing. And I just kind of like whipped it out, like whipped it together one night, you know, when I was sitting around drawing and put it together and I was like, Hey guys, you want to pre-order this? And we'll, you know, once we get to like a hundred of these, then I can send off an order, you know, to our, enamel pin company and that for us that was just playing that was fun right and we were quick in responding to this kind of zeitgeist moment yeah. where everybody was watching you know uh these these two men fall in love in this one episode and it was really beautiful and everyone was reacting to it really strongly and i did that because it was fun yeah. but it was successful for us and it engaged our audience and, and people got really emotional about it. And then we got a lot of good social media interaction and had good conversations. So I would say, you know, don't be afraid to have fun with your community. And if you don't end up making money on a particular project because you're having fun with it and you're playing around with your community and, and learning your niche and so on and so forth, um, that's okay because it's all part of this like long process. Like this is a marathon. You're not right. in here to sprint, right? Yeah. You, you're not gonna make this happen in a series of sprints. You, you have to just take each piece and, and play with it and build on it and just continue to engage, Yeah, you know? That's- I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> Spider, thank you so much for chatting uh, with me today and also for all the work that you do. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate you. This is Printing Profits. Hey, this is Printing Success Crisp Tips by Sarah at Wholesale Ted. And one tip that I have is that before you print a slogan onto a t-shirt or a product, you can do a quick search to see if that phrase is trademarked. And it's a good idea to do so because sometimes phrases that are trademarked are really common. Like for example, did you know that the capitalized phrase 
bananas, as in describing something as being crazy, bananas, was trademarked by Rachel Zoe. And so it's because of things like this that make it really easy to be accidentally caught out. Luckily though, it's easy to search for trademarks because they need to be registered and that data is usually available online with each country's trademark office. So just go to the trademark office online for the country that you want to search for, such as the USA, and do a search for the phrase that you want to use and see if there are any trademarks that have been registered for it. This is Printing Profits. There's a thrill that comes with keeping an eye out for the big things before they're big things, for making the right choices at the right time and making that money, which is why to help with that, we're calling this part of the show trend spotting. Some niches are born from trends that are able to build and sustain an interested audience. And although most of them are usually never ever green, that doesn't mean that they're not valuable. Micro trends especially can be insanely profitable if they're picked up on quickly. So where can you find them? Well, usually from meme, pop, and nerd culture. Like the Netflix show, Stranger Things, inspiring the popular Hellfire Club merch online. It started out as a reference to the role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons made during the show, or the hugely popular video game turned HBO show The Last of Us, starring actor Pedro Pascal, inspiring online memes and merch, highlighting his role in the show, such as Daddy State of Mind. I could go on, but I won't. I'm sure you can find examples of things for the things that you love as well. The point is that new releases or viral moments that stem from microtrends are opportunities. They usually result in an increase in searches and sales, meaning useful SEO for products. Thanks for listening to Printing Profits. We'd like to thank Spider for sharing their experience with us and at the same time, introduce you to the talented team behind this program. Our executive producer, Laura Gelvite, associate producer, Anita Nyoki, technical production, Emil Yassens and Valerie Solechno, sound production, Christos Hartmanis, and I'm Tyler Zuffer. See you next time.